The Joe Mays and J-Rap Show is brought to you in part by Mays Sandwich Shop, serving delicious hometown favorites to the West Lawn community since 1947. are listening to the Joe Mays and j Raff Show, bringing you the latest news and commentary on baseball. The 0-2 pitch, swing and a miss, struck him out! The Philadelphia Phillies are 2008 World Champions of Baseball! Hockey. Now, here are your hosts, Joe Mays and Justin Raffoff. Well, good afternoon again, everyone, and welcome to the 211th episode of the Joe Mays and J-Raff Show. I'm one of your hosts, Joe Mays, and sitting next to me is not Justin Raffoff as usual, but of course he wasn't here last week either, so he may not have a job when he gets back. We'll see. But sitting in for J-Raff tonight is my father, Bill. Hey, welcome football fans. I'm ready ready to get on with football. Yes, and we are here to talk about football once again. I started the... 2016 NFL preview, something we've done every year and and every sports fanatic, especially football fan does, is give their take on what's going to happen in the upcoming season. We're no different here. And tonight, after doing the West Divisions last Sunday, we are doing the AFC and NFC South Divisions this afternoon. So we're going to dive right into that shortly. But as was pointed out on our Facebook feed today and shared on that delightful NFL meme page on Facebook. Today is the last Sunday without football until after the Super Bowl in February. Didn't realize that. Yeah, now a lot of people don't care so much about the preseason, but it's technically true because next Sunday is the Hall of Fame game. Who's in that one this year? It is, I believe, the Green Bay Packers because of Favre and the Indianapolis Colts. So Packers-Colts will be the first taste of NFL action that we'll have in the 2016 season, and that'll take place next Sunday in Canton, Ohio. Who's getting inducted? Besides Favre? Right, besides Favre. It's a good question, one that I should have an answer to, but I don't at the moment. But I can look it up because I I don't remember off the top of my head. I'm sure um, I'll kick myself um, after I see some of the names, but, uh, Brett Favre is the big one. It's the one everyone's talking about. Um, so we'll see some of the other names. Justin and I talked about it way back in January or end of, end of January, early February when it was a first announced. Um, I remember going over it and talking about some of the big names that, uh, were snubbed, but also how huge the class next year could possibly be and how difficult some of them will have in getting into, uh, the Hall of Fame on the first ballot. But Brett Favre was the big one for the class of 2016. And uh, 
some of the others coming in next year, or excuse me, next week, um, seeing their bus put in Canton, Ohio, are, you know, some... Okay, so some of the players are um, Kevin Green, the uh, the pass rushing specialist who played, um, probably best known first time with the Steelers. Uh, Marvin Harrison, obviously big time Colts receiver, spent a lot of time opposite Reggie Wayne and playing with Peyton Manning. Orlando Pace, the offensive tackle for the Rams, and then you have a couple of uh, you know ownership or front office people, coaches, and Tony Dungy and Eddie DeBartolo Jr. and then uh, Ken Stabler finally getting hmm. a call for the Hall of Fame. So I believe he was part of the. Was he part of the veteran committee? You know, because obviously he retired a few years ago, um, you know, more than a few years ago. Yeah. Uh, and probably the time had run out for him to be taken on the current ballots. But the um, the committee is able to get in some of the um, more deserving players that missed their original time to be voted in. Or maybe they look better after uh, years have passed. And Ken Stabler and Dick Stanfell are the two going in as part of the... Uh, you know, kind of the, the, the veteran players that, that missed their chance the first time around. But Favre is the biggest name, obviously. Um, and a couple that missed the, missed the cut that Justin and I talked about, you know, six months ago were Terrell Owens, Alan Fanica, Kurt Warner, and Terrell Davis. Um, so we could possibly see them next year, but I know next year's class, the first timers at least, are, uh, there's a, a lot of big names that could possibly uh, make it next year. So some of those players that missed first year could have a tough time in the second year, just because of the, uh, the talent that's going to be available that retired following the, the 20, 2011 or 2012 season and waited there five years. I know among them is going to be, um, I believe Donovan McNabb, Brian Dawkins for Eagles fans. And I think Ladanian Tomlinson's also in that group as well. So anyways, yeah, this is episode 211. We're talking NFL football. AFC and NFC South divisions. I always start with the NFC, and that's where we're going to go ahead and do that again here today. So I always start at the bottom because I think it's best that we start at the bottom. Um, you know, before we do that, let's just in case there's anyone out there listening, including your brother Rich and uh, my normal co-host J Raff. If they don't know off the top of their heads by now how to contact us, there's multiple ways to do that. But the best one is probably email JoeMaysAndJRAF at gmail.com. You can do use the Mays Sandwich Shop email inbox. Again, it's JoeMaysAndJRAF at gmail.com. Or you can choose to use the Mays Sandwich Shop hotline. And the number to contact us is 530-563-6292. Nine seven five three zero five six three six two nine seven, and then also make sure that you follow us on Twitter at Joe Mays and JRAF and like our Facebook page. Just search for Joe Mays and JRAF or the Joe Mays and JRAF show, and you will find it rather easily. All right, so enough housekeeping. Let's move on to the topic at hand. On the 211th episode of the Joe Mays and JRAF show, we are continuing our 2016 NFL preview with the South Divisions, and we're going to start in the NFC. And at the bottom, so, okay, we're talking in no order right now. Carolina Panthers, Atlanta Falcons, Tampa Bay Buccaneers, and New Orleans Saints. Those are your four teams that we're focusing on. Of those four, 
which one do you think is going to be the worst? And generally, Justin and I do use wins. Now, we don't look across the board and say we've got 256 wins covered. You know, we just kind of give give a guess just to rate on a numerical scale how good are they going to be. So which of those four teams do you think is the worst of the bunch? Well, <clears throat> truthfully, this might be a surprise for you, but I'm I'm leaning towards New Orleans as my bottom blower. Okay. And then uh um then it would probably be Tampa Bay. It was between Tampa Bay, of course. That's an obvious one. So I figure I'd, I'd go a little bit off the board there. New Orleans just hasn't looked good since they had that problem a couple of years ago. The uh, bounty gate? Yeah, the bounty gate. So your bottom team is the Saints. Right. Okay. I, I mean, I don't know, honestly, that I can really argue against against that. I mean, they were 7-9 um, and nine last year. They were third place because the team that was worse was the Buccaneers, but they were 6-10, and 10, and they showed some signs at right. points in the 2015 season of being being better, and obviously they were awful in 2014. So taking a step forward, um, not, a, not a big deal. Um, but the Saints, you know, what exactly, how are they going to get any better? How are they going to hang with some of the better teams in the, not only, not only NFC, but I mean, just in the NFC South in their own division. Um, that, you know, they made a couple additions, especially a linebacker. Uh, the biggest one was James Laronitis coming over from the Rams. They also added a former Penn Stater, Nate Stupar, who's, he's been around the league having cups of coffee with many teams. He made the Super Bowl, uh, a few years back with the 49ers. I believe he's also played with the Falcons. They added a safety in Roman Harper. Um, and the two bigger additions, at least name-wise, are going to be Kobe Fleener, uh, Andrew Luck's former tight end with the Colts and Stanford, and then um, now on his third team, Nick Fairley, the former Auburn star who went from Detroit to St. Louis last year and now is in New Orleans. Now, if any of those journeymen end up helping out or some of their draft picks like uh, defensive lineman Sheldon Rankins or the wide receiver or the couple of Ohio State guys, Michael Thomas and Von Bell... You know, maybe, maybe the Saints aren't the worst team in the NFC South, but I'm leaning that way as well. But I think this is an interesting division because I don't, other than maybe, maybe the Panthers, and we'll get to that, I think the other three teams are very close together. Well, I totally agree. And, and, and the reason, you know, until New Orleans can prove they turned their defense around, and Breeze has to have a better year than he did the last year or two. So he just, to me, I know he's getting older, but uh, he just did not set the world on fire for me. So, But like you said, they could easily be just as easy second place, too. Right. I, I mean, I don't see them winning the division, but, I mean, if they win nine games, that's probably good enough for second, I would think. We're all, I'm right. going to bounce around with my wins. All These four, third, and second, I think, are only going to be separated by two or three games. So if the Saints were 7-9 and nine last year, I'd probably peg them at six Probably six and ten. I'm thinking kind of the same as the Bucks were a year ago. I mean, Drew Brees uh, just turned or is about to turn 37. He says he wants to play into his 40s, but you know, at some point he's going to start to slow down. I and mean, we've seen that already recently. I don't know what to think about their offensive line. They lost um, Jari Evans. They also haven't really been able to find a go-to guy at running back. Now they lost Kerry Robinson in the off season. Um, 
Are they going to stick with Mark Ingram? Is he their guy? Uh, it's tough to say. And you've mentioned the defense has just been historically bad over the last few years. I mean, even when they won the Super Bowl, they weren't great. Now, they had guys that were making big plays. That was the biggest difference was they had playmakers that were forcing fumbles or, or intercepting passes or making big fourth down stops when they needed it. And that's why they were able to win the Super Bowl. But that was years ago now. I just... I don't see a lot of optimism for the Saints last year. And people can say if you have a great quarterback, you're always going to be good. And that's why I don't think this is a 3-4-5 win team. I think it's a 6-7 win team. So I think they're similar to last year. Ball bounces their way a couple times. You know, maybe they get to 8 or 9. But to me, I think they're a 6-10 and 10 team and in fourth place in the NFC South. I agree. I'll tell you now, both divisions, I think the South is going to be the toughest divisions for both NFC and AFC. I, perhaps toughest to predict, but right. in the long run, I'm not sure how good the teams not are overall. Necessarily. I didn't mean... No, yeah, no, I, I, I understand what you're saying. All right, who, all right, I'll go next and say who my third place team is. And maybe it'll actually um, surprise you, but not necessarily you, but people listening. Um, I'm actually going to think I'm going to slot the Falcons in there. I think they got off to that fast start last year. I think they were, what, 4-0 and and then 5-1. and And then they cooled off and struggled down the stretch. Now, did they add enough to really, to really push uh, the Panthers, who were probably still the cream of the crop in that division and maybe in the NFC? I, I don't think that they did. I mean, they brought back Shaw, who had been there years ago as a backup quarterback. They they added Mohamed Sanu. He's kind of the replacement for Roddy White, who left it in the offseason and still isn't signed with the team. Uh, I do like that they got Alex Mack because he's a he should be a good upgrade at, at center or in the interior offensive line. They, they stole Derek Shelby from the Dolphins. They brought in Courtney Upshaw from the Ravens, and they brought back Sean Witherspoon. If he can stay healthy, he was always a good linebacker. It's just he's been having a tough time. I didn't think they had a great draft. Actually, I ripped on the NFC South when we did our draft recap um, way back in early May. Um, I felt that they reached for Keanu Neal, but they did obviously need help at safety. Um I just their their defense has been a problem just like the Saints, albeit not as bad. You gotta think the end for Matt Ryan is coming. He's been in the league now a long time. I believe this is his ninth year. So it's gonna be tough for them to to win with him soon. They're gonna get restless, both with the coach and with the quarterback. I think they gotta do something. I just don't think it's gonna be this year. I think they're the, the third you know, the second worst team or the third best team in the NFC South. So last year they went eight and eight despite that hot start. I don't know that they're much better than that. So I think they're a seven, eight win team. And I just, I mean, they have a new stadium coming, so they're going to want to open that in style. Maybe that means a new coach, new quarterback. That would be in another year or two. But I don't see the Falcons. Playing like the first half of last year, I see them playing more like the second half of last year and being a middling team uh, in the NFC. What about you? Who do you have in third place? I figure I'm going to put the uh, Tampa Bay there. I think they're going to be better than last year. I think they're going to be – they only had six, I believe. I think they're going to be an eight and eight. I think they're going to be tied with the Falcons. I'm figuring the Falcons pretty much as last year, eight and eight, or, you know – Seven and nine. Uh, that's that's going to be a tough position, the third position. But I, right now, I'm going to lean towards uh, Tampa Bay and then and then Atlanta. 
All right, so, so you do have Atlanta being in second place. You have tiebreaker, or do you think that they're going to be uh, a game better? Uh, no, I I think it. I think uh, probably the tiebreaker. Okay, so so we both agree. Saints in last place, probably about six and ten. Then I have the the Falcons at seven and nine or eight and eight and third. You have the Buccaneers in third. Um, what? Eight? Did you say eight wins? Eight for both of them. So eight, both. Eight. So Buccaneers third at eight and eight. Falcons two at eight and eight. The Falcons either have the head to head tiebreaker or the divisional record tiebreaker right. over I, their opponent. The, I like this six the Buccaneers and, six and ten for New Orleans right. for a third place. Okay, for fourth place or for fourth place. Right. So we both agree Saints at the bottom probably about six and ten. Then I have the Falcons in third seven or eight wins. You have the Bucks in third at eight and eight. Then the Falcons in second at eight and eight. Now I'll talk about the Buccaneers because I have them in second place. I I just think that their young guys are going to get better. I wasn't a huge fan of their draft only because I felt they took some chances. But if those chances work out, they're going to have some good players. They drafted cornerback Vernon Hargreaves in the first round. And in the second round, they took Noah Spence, who's from Harrisburg. He went to Ohio State originally, and he got suspended and kicked off the team there. He finished um, at one of the directional Kentucky schools and just lit it up in the lower against lower level competition. He had been getting rave reviews in the off season. We'll see now that training camps come around how well he performs against the big boys in pads in the hot summer weather. Uh, they also added a kicker early. Um, didn't lose a ton. And they brought in some guys that I think still have uh, still have some things to prove or to offer. Um, in cornerback Brent Grimes from the Dolphins, they also added Josh Robinson in the secondary, and um, Robert Ayers and Daryl Smith on defense, as well as adding a former Seahawk and J.R. Sweezy to the offensive line. I think an additional year of Jameis Winston, and we all know that. Uh, Doug Martin rebounded well last season. Is he going to be able to duplicate that success? And we've talked about many times on this show that when you bring in a new coaching staff, sometimes that's good for a bump up just because you have different schemes that your teams you're playing with that are familiar with you. They don't know this new coaching staff. So last year, the Buccaneers were in last place at six and 10, but they had improved by four games. Now, while I don't think they're going to improve by four games this year, I definitely see them improving by two to three. So I think the Buccaneers are poised to go 8-8 eight and eight or 9-7. and seven. It's pretty similar to what you said, but I think that's going to be a game ahead of the Atlanta Falcons. So the Buccaneers are my second-place team in the NFC South with the Falcons in third. So we all know what that means. That means that uh, the, I think, three-time defending division champs, we expect them to capture the crown again in 20. 20- 16, and that is the Carolina Panthers. We all know their story from last season. They went 15 and 1 and absolutely tore through the league. They had one little hiccup um, in the later parts of the season against the Falcons in Atlanta, and then um, they did pretty well in the playoffs. Um, very confident, some would call it cocky at times, and they looked good up until the, really the Super Bowl, where they were just completely outplayed by the Broncos. And uh, and fell to Denver in that in that game in Super Bowl Fifty. Now, I think the Panthers are obviously not as good as their record was last year, fifteen and one. It's tough to do that in this league. We've only seen it done a handful of times, and 
while they're good, they're not 15 and one good again. They they lost uh, a couple offensive linemen this offseason. Obviously, we know that they lost uh, the cornerback Josh Norman. He was uh, sent packing uh, over a contract dispute. I didn't add a ton, and I think. I think their players are all playing across the board the best you could possibly imagine. That's not going to duplicate itself in 2016. I still think they're the best team in the NFC South. Probably among the better teams in the NFC, although I don't know. If you only can pick two or three, I don't know if I definitely would say 100% that I could put them there. I think they're up there, though. 15-1, and one, I definitely see them taking a step back. I'd probably say that they're an 11-win team, something like that. I was going to say 12-4. 12-4. I'll say 11-5. and five. So that's a four-game swing in reverse, but still that's easily enough to win the division, probably by a good at least two games, maybe three, and also should have them in the hunt for an NFC bye unless another team catches fire and goes absolutely crazy like Carolina did last season. Um not too much to talk about draft-wise. They didn't add a ton that I just think will put them over the top. They focus a lot on defense, bringing in Vernon Butler and then adding three DBs in the early and mid-rounds. But it's just it's tough to say. Um, the Panthers had a tough time protecting Newton against that strong Broncos defense. And then they couldn't stop uh, Denver, even with uh, Peyton Manning, who was a shell of his former self. When they needed to, they couldn't get the job done, and they have been doing that all year. They absolutely rattled Cam Newton. So you got to think that the Panthers needed to improve their offensive line, and they they needed their uh, their defense to be solidified, in, at least in the secondary. And I don't think they did either of them, and they probably got worse sending uh, Josh Norman to free agency, cutting him loose, him, he eventually landing with the Redskins. So, you know, you go 15-1, lose a Super Bowl, think there's going to be a little bit of a hangover effect, a little bit of um, too much optimism and, and people being overrated that I think the Panthers are going to take a step back. They're still going to win the division. They may even get a bye in the playoffs, but I think around 11-5, you said 12-4. 12-4. So that's where we are with the NFC South. Anything else to add about that division? Not that I can think of. All right. Well, then let's waste no time and go right to the AFC. <clears throat> so we're talking uh, AFC South, Houston Texans, Indianapolis Colts, Jacksonville Jaguars, and Tennessee Titans. Titans, one of the worst teams in the league last year. They went 3-13. and Do you see much changing for them in 2016? I, I don't see much changing because the guys they picked up, most of them are getting towards the end of their career. Right. So I just, you know, maybe four and twelve, something like that. I don't see I still see them in, in fourth place in their division. Yeah, I mean they have Marcus Mariota and they still have a young guy, you know, he's he's uh now entering his third season in the NFL. You hopefully expect more out of him. But I just don't know that the guys they brought in, like you said, a lot of aging veterans that weren't doing much at the previous stop. So what makes you think that they're going to do much more in Tennessee? And maybe they're, you know, maybe they are just bodies. Um, you know, they added Matt Castle as Mariota's backup. We know that the big trade, at least it was big around here because of the Philadelphia connection to Marco Murray ending up in Tennessee. Um, they did sign Rashard Matthews away from the Dolphins to complement some of their other wide receivers, but I just don't know that what they did. In free agency and in the draft, if they did enough 
for this season. Now, maybe you could say, well, they're looking ahead to, to the next season. It's very well possible. You know, they went, what, 2-14 and 14 the year before, 3-13 and 13 last year. Um, you got to think that ownership and the fans are going to, they're going to want to, I mean, obviously they want a, you know, 10 plus one season, but you got to think they want the Titans to show a bigger step up than one win. You got to think that they're hoping for a six or seven win year. And I don't think it's in the cards. I just don't know. I mean, unless um their draft picks at Conklin Dodd and Austin Johnson and, and Derek Henry, it was probably a steal and he probably should be starting over DeMarco Murray. You know, unless those guys really light it up and um, Mariota takes a huge step forward, it's tough to to think that the Titans are more than a three or four win team. I mean, obviously that's going to put them in in the bottom. They just they just don't have enough. I just don't think they that they have enough uh, to handle what they're going to have thrown at them. Not to say that the Texans, the Jaguars, and the Colts are the cream of the co- crop in the NFL. But they're they're not pushovers either. So I think easily the Titans are the worst team in the AFC South. They were 3-13 and last year. I'll say that they're a game better, 4-12. and Would it surprise me if they win 5? No, but it wouldn't surprise me if they only win 3. So <coughs> I'm going to go at 4-12 and with the Titans. Now, now it's going to start to get interesting. Because much like the... NFC South, the AFC South, I think, has three other pretty solid teams. And if you told me that any of the three were going to win the division, I certainly would believe you. But who are we going to pick and where? It, oh, boy, it's tough. The Texans won the division last year at 9-7. and seven. We all know uh, the issues the Colts had last year in staying healthy. Um, when Andrew Luck, when your franchise guy is injured and not playing well, um, it's a wonder they got to eight and eight. But remember, the Colts were a preseason AFC favorite, yep. and for them to not win the division was pretty, pretty shocking and devastating. But what are they going to do this year? Who do I have in third? Oh boy. It's tough to pick between these three teams. I thought Jacksonville's in, uh, definitely over the last two or three years has really built a nice base there. Yeah, I, I think these three teams are going to be separated by about a game. I could even see, I could, I see, could see it coming down to the head-to-head or divisional or conference tiebreaker uh, for slotting. I do not believe two of these teams will make the playoffs, so that means the division champ will be the only one to go. And I think, I think uh, uh, the one I the the one I not sure the most about is probably right there, Houston. Yeah, and that's because how good is Brock going to be? I mean, one season does not make. Yeah, my only counterpoint to losing this, Foster. My only counterpoint to how good is Brock going to be is it can't be any worse than what Houston was throwing out last well, year. Exactly right. You know, Brian Hoyer didn't exactly light the world on nope. fire. Um, neither did Mallet. They would have yeah, won more and, games with the. Well, right. Anyone else that you t- trot out there, you know, Brock Osweiler. Well, no, he hasn't proven a lot yet. He's he's probably done enough to at least give him the benefit of the doubt for this year. Um, they they got rid of Arian Foster, but he's been an injury problem over the last couple of seasons. They brought in Lamar Miller, who is the young running back that the Dolphins didn't want to play, and they added uh, offensive linemen in Allen and Bergstrom, and also another uh, wide receiver for threat in William Will Fuller from Notre Dame, a one-time Penn State 
uh, recruit that backed out following the sanctions. Thank you, NCAA. Um, they, you know, we said the Hoyer and Foster are gone. They also lost Nate Washington. Um, that that's pretty much it. So you have, you know, your returning division champ. Now you got embarrassed by the Chiefs in the playoffs. Again, is that more on the defense or is that more on the quarterback play? It's tough to say. But the Texans, while they won the division, um, no one in the South last year really deserved to have a playoff spot. Texans were nine and seven a year ago. I think they're going to be a similar team. I don't know that the Osweiler-Miller combo is better than the Hoyer-Foster combo or whoever they had at quarterback or running back when Foster was injured. But for some reason, something's telling me that Houston's going to drop back to third in that division. I think it's because of an upstart Jaguars team, and I think it's from a resurgence of the Colts, who last year was just a hiccup. So I think, unfortunately for Bill O'Brien, I think the Texans are going to take a tiny step back at they're going to beat up on the Titans. All three of those teams, I think, will beat up the Titans. So I think the Texans are going to be five wins above them, up at eight and eight, which is a game worse. And I don't think they're going to be more than a game or two back. But I think it's going to be the Texans in third at eight and eight. We'll argue with you there because I'm debating about that. Uh, uh, that Indianapolis, uh, you know, how much? How look. Was half the season? Uh, it wasn't quite. I think it was like five to six games. Um, I think Jacksonville. I think you could see all three of those teams, like you said, within a game. Um, I could see um, Houston and Jacksonville both around the eight and eight range, uh, and uh, Indianapolis nine and seven. That's, I think that's why I'm leaning right now. I'm going to put the Jaguars in second here, and I think they're going to take a, a step up and go nine and seven. That, that's a four uh, win turnaround or a four game swing for them. That puts them a game in front of the Texans. I think they could be competitive to the end of the year, but I don't think they quite have it this year. I think they're being a tad overrated. It's people that think they'll get to the double digits wins. I think they're about a year off. Um, a lot of people high on Blake Bortles. And their wide receivers, obviously a huge Allen Robinson fan and everything they do with the Penn Staters down there, that's kind of Happy Valley South. Jacksonville tends to add a bunch of former Nittany Lions, which I'm not going to complain about. And obviously we still have the connection with Chad Henney down there. So absolutely cheering for the Jaguars. Hope they can do something this year. think they're still about a year away uh, from really um, really challenging the, the Colts or the Texans or whoever steps up in that South. But I think the Jaguars, they're obviously, they're not a pushover anymore. I think Gus Bradley is finally getting those guys on the right track. And I think they're going to be a 9-7 team, second place in the South. Um, you know, they added a, another running back, Chris Ivory, who we saw at times go off with the Jets. They brought an offensive lineman, which is always a necessity. And a big question mark surrounding the team, because like I said, they have the talent at the skill positions. If they can get... Uh, steady running back presence and a line to block they could do some damage and we all know about the defensive additions they made they stole Malik Jackson from the Broncos they added Prince Amukamara from the Giants they also brought in Tayshawn Gibson and then their draft everyone was talking about how incredible their draft was getting Jalen Ramsey and Miles Jack it's just completely redid their defense in the offseason, especially um, part of their linebacker core and their secondary and if those guys live up to the hype 
I think you can easily see the Jaguars improving by four games. Um, losses, not too many to point out. Um, they did lose one Penn State and Stefan Wisniewski, who was there on a one-year contract, and they no longer have Toby Gerhardt there, but they brought in Chris Ivory, so no big loss for them there. So Jaguars, to me, I definitely think they're better, and I think they're going to be challenging and thinking um, second-season football. Don't think they're good enough to get there this year, but they've got a young star and quarterback in Bortles. They've got a great receiving core. Their defensive line has improved. And uh, I think Gus Bradley is going to show this year why um, uh, owner Khan has stuck with him. And I think after this season, he's going to be happy he did so. So that does leave the Indianapolis Colts as the team to recapture the division crown. They went eight and eight last year. And we talked about the injuries to Andrew Luck. If he's healthy and He's not going to perform the way he did last year, and a lot of that could be attributed to trying to play through some of the injuries. I think the Colts are at least a two-game better team. I think you're looking at a 10-6, and 11-5 squad. Even losing uh, Kobe Fleener, they still have a lot of guys there. They got Allen at, at, uh, at tight end, so no huge loss. Uh, they brought in a couple of running backs to help in the, with that rotation, and, and our veteran cornerback Patrick Robinson from the Saints. They, they didn't need a lot of help, but they did – uh, address some positions uh, in the draft along the offensive line um, with a few picks as well as on, in the defensive secondary. But I just think the status quo with the Colts is kind of okay because I think last year was an aberration. Like I said, it's just a little hiccup. Andrew Luck's healthy, and he seems to be, as long as he's going to stay that way, I think this team is the best in the AFC South. I think they're a 10, maybe 11-win team if some things really work out. Because um, they've got a lot of stud, studly young wide receivers, and if Luck can stay healthy and get them the ball, they're going to be tough to stop. they got to shore up the running back position. Like I said, they brought in some veterans to try to do that. Um, but we saw what Peyton Manning did with the Colts you know, in the late 90s, early 2000s. If you have a phenomenal quarterback and a great wide receiver core, as long as your defense is, is adequate and your running back is okay, you can win a lot of games. I think that could be the Colts this year winning 10 or 11 of them. Yeah, they're definitely disappointing last year, and I really expect them to turn it around and have a somewhat of a decent year. Uh, so I agree with you as far as them ending up in first. All right, we didn't have a lot of disagreements. We pretty much went the same in the AFC South, and the only NFC South change is we flip-flopped the Buccaneers and the Falcons, but had them pretty much winning the same amount. So not a lot of disagreement. Same thing when Justin's on the show. We usually agree um, pretty well on these picks so that we both look incredibly wrong once the season rolls around. (laughs) All right. So uh, we will be back again next week before going on hiatus for a few weeks again just to – because of uh, some travel and then we're working on the Bulldog Hour and whatnot. So we'll be here August 7th. Again, that's the day of the Hall of Fame game. You won't hear from us again on the normal show until, I believe, Labor Day weekend. I think the next show would then be September 4th. That is when Justin and I will be doing the East Divisions and our playoff Super Bowl picks. But next week, August 7th, on episode 212, Justin and I will tackle the AFC and NFC North divisions. So anything else for you to add, Dad? No, no, no. Uh, I think uh, we're paying this co-host that's with you too much, though, because he seems like he misses an awful lot. Oh, well, well, hopefully he'll listen to this once I post it, and uh, he'll have something to say when he gets back <laughs> next week. <laughs> 
Well, thanks for for joining me here. Oh, Sorry you couldn't it make it time. last week when you came down with this the plague oh. or something. Yeah, the plague. So, so I'm sure that was was my fault or my daughter's fault. But um, make sure you follow the show, like I mentioned earlier, on Facebook and Twitter, and also um, the place where you can find all the stuff that that I do and that Justin does with me. That's at jmnjrradio.com also follow that account on twitter at jmnjr underscore radio you can find that page on facebook as well jmnjr radio and look into the bulldog hour stuff if you're a fan of high school football especially uh the wilson bulldogs we uh do interviews and game recaps and highlights and uh, that's all just getting started because uh, really, we're not even two weeks away from camp starting here in Pennsylvania for the high school football season, and the Bulldog Hour will be there and strongly this year uh, in the Lancaster, Lebanon, and Berks County region. So uh, if you are interested in that stuff, go to BulldogHour.com for more. I can't wait to defend my championship in fantasy in a couple weeks. <laughs> Three weeks away, and we can't got our wait. draft. All right. Well, for Justin and my dad, Bill, I'm Joe Mays. Thanks for listening to episode 212 of the Joe Mays and J-Raff Show. Thanks for listening to the Joe Mays and J-Raff Show. Tune in every Sunday for the latest sports discussions from Joe and Justin. Each episode is available live on Ustream or Mixler and can be downloaded or streamed on iTunes and SoundCloud. You can interact with Joe and Justin on Facebook and Twitter. And stay up to date with the guys at JoeMaysAndJRaff.com. The Joe Mays and JRAF Show is part of the JMNJR Radio Network. For more info, visit JMNJRRadio.com.